Hi, welcome to Pentecost Today Podcast. I'm your co-host, Steve Mancini, and as always, I'm joined by the Executive Director of Pentecost Today USA, Alicia Hartle. Hey, Steve. It's great to be here with everyone, and we are very excited to dive into today's episode with the Eucharist Doctrinal Commission quote. All right. Let me start off by reading with respect to evangelization. Among the evident fruits of baptism in the Spirit is a zeal to evangelize, to proclaim the good news of salvation with apostolic boldness. People transformed by the Spirit become living witnesses able to speak of Christ from a personal experience and from an existential understanding of the Word of God. There is both a new desire to spread the gospel and a new clarity as to its content. Alicia, the irony in that is that here we are on a podcast spreading the Word. Glory to God in the highest. You know, I all my life I've been struck by how those who are closest to us are the greatest witnesses to us. So oftentimes it could be our mother, our father, brother, sister. Some people even say, you know, it's it's my child who is the greatest witness of the Lord in my life. And today's guest is a very special one. Um, he has been a witness of the Lord and the zeal of the Lord and really uh, has a heart for evangelization. My brother, Stephen Hartle, and he is currently serving with Nature of Fire as the young adult and youth coordinator uh, leader at Corpus Christi Parish. And he is married, father of eight children. And so, Steve, welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, Steve, as you were reading, that was just beautiful. Uh, the Lord was just kind of picking out all those, all, all those lines really struck a chord with me. So I think it was providential that uh, I, I received the invite today. Well, it's, uh, there are no accidents. I'm coming to start to believe that, that there are no accidents. But again, we want to thank you for joining us today, and uh, a lot to talk about. But I, I think, uh, obviously, before we get started, we always want to start off with a prayer. So, Alicia, if you could get us started, because I have some important questions to ask your brother about your childhood and see oh, if you were oh a boy. bad child or oh not. Boy. So please, get us started. <laughs> Come, Holy Spirit, teach us to pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for every single person who is joining us today. And Father, even as we come together in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Father, we thank you and praise you for the work of the Holy Spirit in our own hearts, in our own lives, and in the ministries that you call us into. And so, Father, we surrender this conversation to you, and we ask that it might bring you glory and honor. We pray all of this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, Steve, Amen. let's get started. What kind of troublesome child was your sister running <laughs> oh, out? No. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I thought, you know what? We, we, we do want to, I mean, I want to know a little bit because, not about Alicia, but, you know, as I got to know Alicia and, and a little bit about, you know, her upbringing, I'm curious to hear your perspective because obviously both of you, and you know, I know some other uh, members of your family, and you're all very devout. You're very, as I call it, both feed in. You know, the I think the most dangerous kind of Christians are the are the lukewarm ones because you don't know, you know. But people that go, all, you know, both feed in. They're reading scripture. They're praying daily. They're living it. And I, and I think you guys are, are both feed in. So I want to talk about that. Let's just start with growing up. What was your experience like growing up? You know, is this something that was instilled in you from day one, or is this something that you kind of had to figure out on your own? Yeah, um, it, it's a great question. Really, 
we were immersed from my youngest memories of being with faithful parents who loved the Lord and and really were seeking them seeking the Lord with all their hearts and uh, uh, I actually remember um, being very little and uh, actually being sort of embarrassed of uh, my parents raising their hands and and praising and things like that um, I I wasn't sure what it was all about but there there was a beauty to it but I also didn't when I was really little, didn't have that, you know, that full experience of the Lord's love. So, but there, from, from the time I can remember, my parents were, were passing on their shared re- relationship with the Lord. And I, my dad in particular is extremely relational. So he, he definitely stressed that in our walk with the Lord. And our, our mother is just a woman of prayer and deep prayer. So uh, I think the, the combination of kind of that heart wide open and that uh, communication connection with the Lord just kind of paved the way for our hearts to be open to the Lord in a, in a beautiful way. So we were, we were just richly blessed by God to have that upbringing. Was there ever a moment where you doubted and walked away or, or did you never ever look back? So I, I was given a grace that I never doubted my faith in the Lord, like I never doubted that he was real or anything of that nature. I think I definitely had times where I doubted that I was good enough for him, that I was walking. I I definitely wasn't walking intentionally all my life towards him. And the Lord in no uncertain terms let me know that in the poverty that I experienced and the sin and the emptiness. So definitely had moments in my life and, and not just moments, but uh, times of difficulty and trial, but in some ways, through those experiences, I knew more of his faithfulness because of uh, sort of the the pain and the longing in my heart to be near to him again. Hmm. And Steve, you know, I think there there are moments that I I look back and I can see like, wow, you really laid your life down and gave everything to the Lord. And, you know, I kind of have those snapshots of seeing that radical surrender and knowing that the Lord was convicting and inspiring me because I was witnessing that. But maybe for someone who's listening and saying, you know, I, what did that look like to be moved from that place of, you know, almost rebelling against the Lord? And, you know, I remember those times myself of, Lord, I know you, I love you, but my will be done, not thy will be done. What was it that that gave you the grace? What were those grace-filled moments of the Holy Spirit really moving and convicting you and bringing you back into relationship with the Lord? So I, I guess um, my question would be back to you. Do you want the the long or the short? Because i i could start at the, I could start at the beginning uh, where I first met the Lord, which I think does actually help. But if if we don't mm. have enough time. I can dive right into uh, what you specifically asked. Yeah. We have time. Go ahead and tell us the story because I, I because I you know why? Because that's the whole point. Is people want to know. There are people. A lot of the people listening here are are not there. You know, I'm on the show and I keep telling people I'm not there yet. Do I doubt? I'm like I think I'm a little bit like kind of what you said. I don't doubt the existence of a God. I just doubt. Are we are we understanding it right? Are we translating it right? I mean, are, are we are we doing it right? That is where my doubts come in. So I, I will be curious because now I don't want to say you figured it out, but essentially you have figured it out, and a lot of people like you have figured it out, but a lot of people have not figured it out. 
and they're on that path going, all right, I don't know. So I, I am curious to hear the journey. Absolutely, yeah. So um, my first uh, encounter that just changed me radically uh, was, it was actually a, a Christmas time mass. I was I was towards the front of the church, and I was seven or eight years old, somewhere in that, that age range. And I remember looking at the crash, the, the scene, and, and Jesus is in the manger. And then where I was lined up, I could look above, and there was, in our church, it was a resurrected Lord, but you could see the, the nail marks in his hands and, and, his, and his feet. And I just kept looking back and forth between the two, and the truth of Christ coming for my sinfulness, like that he specifically came so that he could die for me, kept going deeper and deeper as I was looking back and forth until I began to weep. There was like for for my shame, for knowing that I had I had broken faith with him, that I, I had sinned and that because of that he had to come. But as I, I was weeping and it, these this was just a genuine outpouring from my heart, the Lord uh, all of a sudden, I, I felt a warmth. I felt held. I felt peace. Like, I can't describe to anyone else. I, I tell people, this is the the reason I know that uh, that God is, is real is because I, I've met him and experienced him. And just like any other poignant moment in your life that just stands out, I can go right back there. You know, I, I, that I can see things clearly. I, just like, you know, somebody, a crash that somebody has experienced or something else. It just etched in my mind and in my heart of being held, of being loved, and and knowing like I, uh, knowing that I never wanted to be apart from the Lord. And so that that was my first real encounter with the Lord. It was this kind of mini gospel experience where you know I I knew that I was a sinner. I knew that I I desperately needed Him, and He came and wrapped His His arms around me, and uh, I knew that he was the one I was made for. He was the destination that I was seeking. He was the fulfillment of of everything that I ever wanted. So that that propelled me, and I, I leaned on that experience many times over. Getting kind of back to Alicia's question is going into high school, you know, obviously, Alicia can attest, I was far from perfect as a child. And going into high school, I became definitely more and more selfish, more self-focused, and struggled with the sin in particular. And I, as the the struggle with that sin became more difficult, I always, I, I had um, just a, I think a real battle with pride. And I was, I, I had really lost the battle in many ways. Um, I, I thought that I was better than those other kids because I didn't sin in the way they did. Or I, I was you know, I, I, even when I sinned, I sinned better. I, I wasn't, you know, totally sinning and totally going into sins the way these people were. And every time I would fall into that sin, I would try to pull myself up and I, I would say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm never going to do that again. And finally, I came to this point of like shame and, and such emptiness. And I felt so hollowed out because I thought that I could overcome and that I was better than the sin that I was was battling. And uh, I remember crying out to Lord, kill me if I ever do this again. I'm, I'm so determined, Lord. Uh, like, And again, it was just that statement is a statement of pride <laughs> that, that I really felt like uh, I was better than 
than that. I was better than the other sinners that I saw around me. And I really came to such a, a low low point, and I, I continued to sit in that sin for a while after that. And I, I came to a point where I really hit the lowest of lows, and and that's where the Lord met me whenever I really prayed a genuine prayer. I love when Scripture says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And that just that just rang so true whenever I cried out. I remember my cousin struggling with a similar sin. We, we both loved the Lord and talked about it. And he said, you know, use the name of Jesus. Like, so I, I started saying, Jesus, help me, you know. And what's beautiful was, and I, I tell people, this is the second time where I can say the Lord is real. I had an addiction to this sin, and the Lord broke it in that moment. He gave me, now, I'm not, not that temptation didn't come, not that um, there wasn't a battle still to be fought, but the Lord overcame, and He gave me an abundance of grace to the point that in the future, I would forget to thank Him that I didn't even think about it anymore. I didn't even struggle in any way with it. So. That is a second time where I did everything I could under my strength, and I failed miserably. And then I cried out to the Lord genuinely, and he saved me. There, um, there are two things, really quick, there are two things that you mentioned that I really want to, want to comment on really quickly. One, it's exactly what I just said before. It's the lukewarm people that are going to struggle the most because they're not they're seeking but they're not completely seeking and I'm guilty of it. There are times when you feel like you are putting it all in and maybe for that moment you are, but we we talk about surrender as being a daily thing. You have to give your whole heart everything every day because even if you do it today, tomorrow you wake up and you don't feel like you're doing it, then you haven't done it. It's a, it's a, it's a constant thing. I'll kind of give you a quick funny analogy. Totally off track. I'm in the security business. There, there is no end state. There's no like, I am secure. It's a passing moment. You know, you can get secure to a point and then something new comes out and you're no longer secure. So you have to constantly keep doing things to make yourself secure. What's the same thing? Every day you wake up, you have to surrender and start all over again because it's a new day. You could completely get derailed. Now, and then I want to talk about that, that spiritual pride because that's the, one of the ones that is... I think I know I'm guilty of it because on the days where I'm doing it right, my problem is, and I'll bet a lot of people fall into this trap, is they look at others and they go, why can't you figure it out? And then you forget that yesterday you didn't have it figured out and you probably won't have it figured out tomorrow. So it's easy to do that. That, that spiritual pride is such an easy one to fall into because even if you are doing it right, the minute you look at someone else, in a way, in my opinion, You've judged them. You've judged them spiritually. You're saying, well, why can't you or why aren't they? Or look at me, I'm doing it right. That, that is something that I think we all fall into that trap, you know, whether it's for a brief moment or whether there's people out there that live it. And that goes all the way back to Jesus' time. The whole point with the Sadducees and the Pharisees, you know, technically, you know, they were following the law, but there was something, there was something missing in what they were doing. And at the same time, they're judging everyone else for not being able to follow it, even knowing mm-hmm. that the rules that they were putting in place were almost impossible to follow all the rules. And the minute you didn't follow one, you know, you're done. Yeah, you know, I think um, something actually that our parents taught us when we were very young was... Uh, to your two points, one that in relationship, even our father talking about his relationship with the Lord or with our mom, he 
he would say, you know, we, we choose to love in every moment and every day. And it's love is a choice. Love is a decision. And so, so our parents, our mother and our father were always uh, really inviting us to choose to love the Lord. And then the second part, Steve, you had mentioned earlier, you know, you know, uh, this is some people wonder, like, does this make sense? Are we translating this correctly? Like, Lord, I don't doubt that you exist, but I have questions. I think that there's, uh, even in what Steve, you just shared, there's a beautiful invitation into relationship. And if we try to know the mind of God and to figure him out, it would be like trying to get to know someone by learning about them instead of going and meeting them and spending time with them. You know, it, it looks very different. Uh, so I think that can be a challenge at times. But yeah, uh, Steve, it would be great to hear from you. You have eight children and um, some little ones in heaven. How do you and your wife, Carrie, really kind of bring that richness of inviting your children and your family into relationship with the Lord? Yeah, uh, great question. I think I honestly try to model it a little bit after what mom and dad did. We have our time with the children um, that's, that's you know, really directed uh, on purpose towards the Lord it is our time before bed uh, where we'll spend time with them. Usually uh, we'll praise first. I play the guitar very poorly, and they have to uh, suffer through that, but but we praise together. And then uh, we usually pull out the scriptures, we, we, we read the Word, we discuss it, we discuss what we just read. We're asking the Holy Spirit to, to teach us, to lead us deeper into His heart. And then we'll we'll pray together and, and bless the kids. And, and that's a precious time. And I think that that's a time of encounter, especially the—I know for myself, when, when Dad would invite us, you know, what did the Scripture say there? It was an opportunity to to consider what the Lord was speaking into our hearts and into our lives and, and to know that that's, that's what the Scripture was doing. <laughs> you know, not, it's not just some book, but it, it, it is the Lord's— love letters uh, to us. It is his heart for his children. And I think in a very real way, we, we try to do that. And then we've been blessed to be able to send the kids to, uh, to Catholic school, to a beautiful school where uh, they are nurtured and loved in the faith. But yeah, just, I think really being open with what the Lord's doing in our lives, uh, in our conversations with them. And then uh, lastly, I would say just bringing Grandma and Grandpa and bringing uh, Aunt Alicia and, uh, and Uncle Levi and Uncle Jason, the, the, you know, the richness that we have in, our, in the faith of our family, bringing our family in to, to just continue to pour into them so they're getting it at all angles. But those would be the, you know, the top ones that come to mind. I know. That's... Uh... By the way, I just want to say that uh, putting eight kids to Catholic school, I'll bet you have to work a few jobs for that one. <laughs> uh, it's, it's interesting you say that because uh, I, I had a couple businesses, but, uh, you know, it's it's beautiful how the Lord works. I, I've worked or I had a couple of businesses, but then I my plan was to get those businesses really humming along. And then I would, you know, I felt like once those are really going, I could get into more and more ministry and um Recently, the Lord uh, really told me, "No, that's 
that's your plan, Steve, and mine is for you to, to go now. And I did discern that with my spiritual director. I asked uh, Alicia, uh, Father Levi, my brother, and many others, and it just felt the Lord confirm it over and over again that that I was to to leave this, my plan behind and to uh, follow the adventure that the Lord set before me to to share the gospel again. That as you were reading, like that that call to evangelize, I experienced that in a, a profound way. Um, I have for, for years, and that's been the longing of my heart, but the Lord um, pressed in harder in, in recent times. So, yeah, it was, it was poignant for me. Now let's talk about that. What are some of the, uh, what I'll call, ministerial efforts that you're involved in now? So, uh, yeah, I, I have the same spiritual director as my new boss in his name is Tony Ferguson. He started the ministry, Nature of Fire, and, and the heart of the ministry is evangelization. The heart of the ministry is to to build community in our churches. And I think that was just a natural thing in the past that, you know, people would come together and, and literally build the church together. They would drive the buses. I, I talked to, you know, my my mother-in-law, and she said her, her father helped build the church. He helped drive the bus uh, for the kids to get to school. So community was naturally formed. But I think that um, we're so busy anymore that it is difficult to find community in church. And I, what, I, what I love about this ministry is making the church attractive again uh, in beautiful ways uh, around a meal usually, <laughs> which is, you know, what where family comes together or should come together. So there's meal, there's the word of God is, is proclaimed and usually with a, a speaker and then just the fellowship of, of being with other like-minded Christians seeking, seeking the Holy Spirit, seeking the Lord and uh, encouraging each other. So, and it manifests in many different ways. So they, but, but what I love is just kind of that, that heart to kind of stir the coals uh, and the communities of our churches. And when we do that, the word goes out. <laughs> it doesn't just stay in that little community, but others start hearing about it and start coming. Um, and it, it, yeah, it's just, it's beautiful to witness and be a part of. Yeah, no, I I think there's a an awesome grace of of seeing kind of the radical abandon of send me Lord and responding to the Lord's call as you begin to serve with nature of fire and and really to see the ministry of evangelization even within parishes so that those who belong to the parishes are forming community and then going out and bringing others in. That's really beautiful. We would love to hear from from you, Steve. Some of those who are joining us are just discovering the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit, just beginning to understand the fullness of the charismatic gifts. And so uh, it would be wonderful to hear some of what your experience of discovering the charismatic gifts and just the impact of baptism in the Holy Spirit on your life and ministry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, interesting that I, I think I had mentioned uh, watching our parents at some of these, you know, gatherings where they're they're chasing after the Holy Spirit, they're speaking in tongues, they're raising their hands. I remember being somewhat embarrassed, wondering. I'm 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 always until I experience something for myself. I'm a little bit. I'm kind of the the doubting Thomas. I I want to know for real. Like, is this really real? 
again, so it was strange because I knew the faith of my parents was genuine, but watching them speak in tongues, it just seemed so strange. So there was a, there was a hesitancy. I I knew the piece of like being prayed over. I'd prayed uh, over other people as well and experienced again where I know it's the Lord is whenever it's that peace when the it's the same piece that I remember when I first encountered him. And and we know that the Lord's present when there's a real and genuine peace. But uh, to to kind of jump forward to where there was a manifestation that I can't deny was I was struggling with getting my first business off the ground. Um, I called my grandmother and was just sharing that with her, just sharing the the weight and the stress of of just feeling not just for myself, but everybody who was involved with the business. I felt the responsibility weighing me down and I didn't feel like I was sufficient <laughs> for the task and uh, just sharing that with my grandmother. And she said, can I, can I, for, uh, she said, uh, first of all, she, she's just really close with the Lord. She, she loves the Lord and she's sure when she hears him. And so she just shared, Steve, I, I feel like the Lord's saying this business is, is going to succeed because he's called you into it. Like we've talked about this before you, you knew you were supposed to be there. And then she, she asked, can I pray over you in tongues? And I said, absolutely grandma. So, so she prayed over me. And as she was praying all that weight, all that fear, all that responsibility, all, just the weight of it all melted away. And the, there was that, that same peace. There is a wholeness that I felt held. I felt secure. And so I, she just prayed over me over the phone and, and, uh, and I thanked her. I thanked her and said goodbye. We hung up and I knelt beside my bed because it was such a profound gift that I'd received that to have that weight lifted. I knelt beside my bed and I started thanking the Lord. I said, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for, you know, grandma. And, uh, went to, continue saying thank you but instead of um english words coming out of my mouth it was i was speaking in tongues and um that was that was extremely powerful for me because again i was i wasn't seeking the gift but the lord the lord it, it was an overflow of the graces that he was pouring into me and it was something that he wanted to give me and I couldn't deny that because, again, <laughs> I wasn't looking for it. But, again, all the graces lined up, the peace, the wholeness, uh, the the beauty. And as I prayed in tongues, as I allowed the Lord to, to really just the Holy Spirit to flow through me, I, I felt, and I don't know how to describe it exactly, but I felt like the communion of saints praying with me just glorifying God in ways that I couldn't do with just the English language. But that, that also is just a really powerful moment in my life and a, and a precious gift that I hold dear that the Lord uh, gave and uh, that I am able to continue to use in the gift of tongues. So. Steve, let me ask you a question. Not everyone who believes and is devout receives such outwardly charisms. I'm just curious, why do you think that is? <laughs> we have a, a big God who is um, who loves us all. I, I think what it one of the things that I think is so beautiful about God is is how we can't wrap our mind around Him. Um, I think it's beautiful that He didn't make us all exact. In my mind, it would make sense to make 
the perfect human being and make them all the same, you know. But God's God's bigger than that. Uh, I love how He made each of us so that we can plug in in different ways into Himself and encounter Him in ways that nobody else can. And so, you know, that that gifting um, and the timing of it. The Lord knows. Now, Scripture says that we're supposed to seek after these gifts because they're good. But, but as far as the timing of of when He gives them and how and, and what gifts He gives, I love that that's so particular because we're all so different. We all receive from the Lord differently, and so Him, the Lord, knowing our hearts, knowing when we're ready to receive something, just speaks to the how tenderly he loves us and how he doesn't he doesn't force himself upon us but how he desires to uh to draw us near with a love that only he can understand but i love that our god is is he, he is longing to give us gifts but what those look like and and the timing of them uh, i think you know we'll only understand on the other side of heaven but yeah, and you know, I, I think I remember years ago. I'm I'm a new prayer group leader. I go to a retreat, and I'm asking for prayer. It was actually Father Boniface Hicks who was leading this retreat, and just a personal retreat. And I'm saying, you know, I I really need prayer because I don't know anything about the charismatic gifts. I was surrounded by them growing up, but I I didn't have a lot of formation. You know, I was surrounded by this culture really, and it was part of my upbringing, but. I don't have any of the gifts, and I'm leading this prayer group. How, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> and it was it was amazing. Father Boniface just said, you know, Alicia, the, the Holy Spirit dwells within you, and the Holy Spirit has all of the gifts. You know, and I just like, for some reason, that gave me peace and the grace to kind of not be wrestling over which gifts I did or didn't have, feeling comfortable to serve. Though I had received prayer, who knows how many times for the gift of tongues, you know, <laughs> had never received up to that point. Um, probably about a year after that retreat, I received the gift of tongues. But I love how St. Paul says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So oftentimes, for all of us, it's when we go to serve and to be poured out that we see a manifestation of Jesus Christ and his ministry, his spirit made manifest for the building up of the body of Christ and for the evangelization of those the Lord is calling into the body of Christ. So it's, yeah, it's just extraordinary to just to, to revel in the grace that the giver of the gifts dwells within me. The spirit of the living mm -hmm. God dwells within me. And I think there's a lot of freedom in that. So, yeah. So for anyone who's listening and just saying, you know, I, I, I'm in that place. These gifts are mysterious. I don't know if I've ever seen any of these. Why not? You know, and, and to seek the Lord and to seek the gifts. I love St. Paul also says, eagerly seek the gifts. Um, and so there's, there's action that takes place when we seek, whether it's to learn and to pray or to spend time with those who have the gifts so that we can understand um, and experience them more. That was certainly, a, I actually received the gift of tongues after hearing Steve pray in tongues and say, oh Lord, I want that gift. <laughs> Steve, will you pray for me? Um, so <laughs> so that's just, just a word of encouragement. 
And I know we, um, I wish we had more time. It's Steve, your, your life and your witness is extraordinary. Your little ones, the way they seek and serve the Lord, the way they, they are just on fire with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's so beautiful to witness that. So I, one day maybe we can have a, a part two. But to close out, can we invite you to pray for the zeal of the Lord and any other way that the Lord leads you to pray for those who are joining us? Absolutely. That would be my honor. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, it is so incredible that you want us to call you Father. And yet, uh, it's so right. Lord, we praise you that you want to give us those good gifts. And that you are the giver of everything that's good. Lord, we praise you that the greatest gift that we can receive is is your very spirit living in us. Lord, we ask that you would Help us to let go of all the things we hold on to that aren't of you. Help us to to cleanse and purify our hearts and our minds and our lives, Lord, that we can cling to you in love, not by our own strength, but by your strength through us. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would overflow for the building up of the church, would it overflow to the renewing of our minds, that we might encounter you in deeper and richer ways, Lord Jesus, until we come home to you in heaven. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, Steve, again, I want to thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. And as always, we want to thank our listeners from all over the world. We are excited to announce that we've had 35 different countries downloading and listening to our podcast. So we hope we are spreading the word and doing the right thing in, in the good Lord's name. Um, we all feel like we're called. I don't, again, I don't believe there's an accent. The fact that I am doing this is. They're right there as a miracle of God. <laughs> so, so again, I'm very appreciative of everyone that's listening. And as always, please go out to our website, PentecostTodayUSA.org. Again, that's PentecostTodayUSA.org. A lot more information out there. We're getting ready to kick off the nine-year novena. Ultimately, when the nine years is up, that will be the 2,000-year anniversary of the first Pentecost. We hope you will join us in participating in that. Nine years is not as long off as you as you can imagine. I mean, I'm still thinking about Y2K, and that was 23 years ago. So nine years is nothing. It's, it's literally nothing in the eyes of the Lord. So we encourage you to join us and participate in the nine-year novena, again, which starts here very shortly. And uh, we thank you again. Please share this podcast with your friends, family, whomever. We'd like to get the word out there. And finally, we want to say thank you one more time because without your support, we cannot do this. And we encourage you to continue to support the organization. If you'd like to learn more on how to support us, please go out to PentecostTodayUSA.org. 
There are links out there on the site for support. Be a donor. We appreciate anything that you can do for us. And as always, have a wonderful and blessed day.